I'm Matt Brailsford. I'm Kevin Jump. And you're listening to Package Manifest. A podcast where we discuss the various aspects of package developer life on the Umbreco platform. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mr. Jump. Hello. Hello. Hello, Mr. Matt. It's uh, it's another one, another episode. It's another one. We've done one more. Wow. Yes. I'm always surprised. I know. I think I listened to the Candor Contributions one this week, and they're on some stupid high number that makes them in the 1% of podcasts because they've done over 20. We've yeah. done over three, which makes us in the 90%. I know. We need, yeah. I, I, I still need to sort out an actual schedule for doing them properly because... We're still a bit hit and yeah. miss in terms of recording. They've come out every week, every fortnight at the same time now. So yeah, you know, it's like we're like a we're like a swan. Yeah, you can't see us underneath. No, it's all smooth. It's like doing homework. You always do it the the night before. So I yeah. I need to start doing my my homework early. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> set your own deadlines. That's what you've got yeah. to do. But how you been? What you been up to these last two weeks? Oh, lot. Well, the 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 V nine slog continues, yep. but uh, I've I've I com- this this week I contributed to an open source project that wasn't Umbreco. Oh my god! It was Smidge, which is the CSS well, tool that Umbreco that's, uses. That's, that's practically Umbreco. It's practically Umbreco, but I'm I'm taking that as a small <laughs> win. So, and I know that the the open the contribution I did. Uh, led to Shannon looking at the thing differently, refactoring something and not including nice. the, oh, nice. the contribution I did. So okay. double win. <laughs> but uh, I've, 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 the last couple of weeks, in preparation, well, it's not in preparation, but because we talked about, uh, you know, work-life balance stuff in the far, far future. Yeah. Uh, I've been tracking time for the last couple Ooh. of weeks. I know. So I've learned some shocking things, which I'm going to save for later episodes. Okay, okay. Mainly about how little I little work I actually do. But but uh, I've been learning about what I do and don't do, which has been very interesting. So maybe maybe I need to start doing this. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. So so well I mean what have you been doing the last two weeks? Anything good? Uh well I've finally started doing something with .NET Core. Um, yeah yes you did, so I've noticed. Yeah. I've I've been talking about it a lot in all the podcasts and things of doing the preparation and I think now's the time to actually do something about it so that's been quite interesting and some interesting challenges coming from that but i think i've made some good progress so i've got i've got things broken out into the structures that i I laid out in a a blog post fairly recently of how i was going to go about doing it so it's all laid out and so so how how close is reality to the uh oh it, from project structure wise, uh, it's pretty pretty close. I think there's two extra projects that are in there. So I've got a common project because there was quite a lot that ended up in my car project. Yeah. Um, so it was getting quite polluted, but it was kind of a mixture between things that were vendor and just things that were like patterns and and thing uh, like utilities or things that weren't really vendor specific. Yeah. So I thought a, a common project and maybe those would actually get pulled out potentially into like an outfield digital library maybe in the future if I do multiple packages. So that everything that's in common is kind of like a candidate that could become just a utility in a in a in a connected library if I was going to do yeah. that. But at the moment it's just a it's just a place for those to live and we'll we'll see how that goes in the future. But then yeah, the only other one that I've got is a startup project where I'm thinking of putting all my wiring 
code, everything that yeah. wires everything up. So yeah, the, the the starting the bit that just kicks you off inside Umbraco is 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 quite hard to share, isn't it? Yeah, and yeah. especially I think there that's one of the areas in nine and and eight that are kind of quite a bit different of how they work. Yeah. And there's a few different implementations between V8 and V9 in, in terms of my code specifically. So there's there's quite a bit of differences. So I think it's quite nice for that to just live in one project. And this yeah. thing is where all of this gets wired up. So it's just a it's just a little easier to find those because I know in definitely in current vendor I've got a few components and what's the other side of it a composer yeah i've got a couple of the yeah i've got a couple of those that are just kind of dotted around in in different sections of the project so they get a bit oh where did i put that sort of thing so i think every having all of that in one project might be quite nice so we'll see how that goes and i think one of the v9 things that i'm sort of trying to get my head around still is that having no components yeah you have you have composers that call you extensions so people can extend it but i think the idea is you're not meant to well Ideally, you shouldn't have a component. You're using the new notification pattern everywhere. Yeah, and I think I think I've got down on mine to pretty much. I might have one. I'm just gonna get out. Just keep finding, as you say, the odd one around the code somewhere. You go, oh, there's a component there. It shouldn't be there. I need to yeah. organize it a bit better. I've I've pretty much just commented them all out and just put a to do comment on them so I can <laughs> find find yeah, them all. So. Loads of to dos. <laughs> That's what yeah. I did. So so I got to the point. I mean, does it build? Have you got to a um, building? Apart from the startup project, as of yeah. Friday, it, it all built. Now, I've, I've not, at any point during this, run Umbraco. No. <laughs> I've, basically, <laughs> I've basically set up the projects and gone through all the errors and get, uh, made them build. Yeah, well, so, that's, so like, that's, this that's next, next week or two, hopefully I'll get yeah. it actually in Umbraco and see something. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit further along, so I got it to build and I have got it running in Umbraco. Yeah. And then I go that when the next thing in the wire the to do I went right this is running and then I went oh to do list and it was just all this stuff I'd commented down <laughs> and it was basically the functionality it works yeah. but yeah. to do make it talk all to another it. server <laughs> 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 but actually I think I'm fairly long on my to dos now I'm hoping I think I've broken the back of the bit of the slog which is why I was working with Smidge because I was a uh, some of the JavaScript debugging was being a bit of a pain but uh, yeah building building's the first aim get it to build. I mean yeah. I, although I've not run it in Umbraco, I do feel like I've kind of broken the back of it. Hopefully yeah. now it's just kind of fix a few areas and maybe go yeah. back on some bits because I know my mindset has basically been get everything working and not mm. necessarily in the prettiest way right now. Just yeah. try and fix all the errors, get it building, and then I'll test it and make sure that it's working. And then maybe I'll go back and introduce some abstractions i think that's yeah. one of the biggest things that i've been learning from all of this because because we're doing the dual targeting approach we've got a lot of if um yeah. what are they directives uh yeah compass compilation directives or something Pre- pre-processor comp- yeah they're uh, the directives ones. yeah but yeah. so i've got a lot of those dotted around in places that make the code a little bit ugly so it'd yeah. be nice to try and tidy those up if possible. I did that on a much smaller project but you do immediately see you go it'd be I've got this if def statement here that could go away if that one thing could be made a bit more generic. I know. It'd just I know. remove it in about 10 places but nowhere near as deep and as complex as Vendor was. That was a dead noddy package I tried that on. I think a lot of them are, are, are constructor arguments. They're the pain in the yeah. backsides. 
So uh, there's a lot of, obviously, since a lot of things have moved to the dependency injection now in V9, that means a lot of constructors have changed because they've got yeah. to have all their dependencies injected. So there's a lot of if statements around all the constructors, which is kind of annoying, but yeah, I don't know. I, kn- I knew this was going to be the state of it. And I think I said in a previous one, it's pain. If you look in the, in the source code, it's pain. You're like, oh, this is horrible. Yeah. But it's at least forces it to be at the front of your mind when you're looking yeah. at that code. You can't you can't modify that code and forget about V9 or V8. You look at it and you're like, oh, well, there's clearly stuff there that's making me yeah. m- make sure it works in both or compiles in both. So, Yeah, and I think I said to you that a lot of that stuff you've been showing me, that's if def is sort of not boilerplate, but one-off. It's to construct yeah. it. Once yeah. it's done, your actual codes often it's services and stuff behind it, isn't it? So exactly. Yeah. I, I think it also forces you to take some of the logic out of where you might have had it and say an Umbraco controller to make sure it's actually in the services because then the services are getting called from the controllers and the controllers are things that once you've done this if def pain once, you really, you know, touch wood would never have to go back and change that. All the logic's further back in your code. Yeah. No, yeah. I totally agree. So there's a few, there's definitely a few composers and event handlers where I just put the logic right in the event handler, yeah. but now that's going to get moved into what is probably the right place for it to live. And then the handlers are just things that call the right methods rather than yeah. being the things with that, all the, the logic in there. So it's forcing me probably to be a little bit tidier and a bit neater of where things should be. So hopefully it'll, it'll uh, end up yeah actually working and being quite a bit nicer than than what it was i did a very similar thing i i promised myself i wouldn't add any new features and i don't think i've added new features but i have reworked options quite heavily and i'm hoping i can abstract it away because i've moved lots of it to the database yeah and introduced a way of syncing the options now next on usync pressing buttons and the options sync between servers which is a new feature but it's because i was trying to abstract the options away from yeah. uh, being wherever they live. Well, we uh, vendor doesn't have a lot of options in terms of yeah. app setting configurations. We do have uh, things for the order edit configuration, which is a, a JSON file, which I have kept those for now, and I will yeah. read those from file because um, I don't know whether they really need to live in in the config. I could probably make them true options at the moment. I'm still reading them as JSON. Yeah and then using that JSON object. But I could probably make those into uh, actual option objects within .NET Core. Yeah. But I don't think that's a big, big thing. But yeah, other than those, we don't really have that many options. And I don't think we've, I don't think I've changed anything. Maybe one thing that I've changed that I didn't have to change. Most of the things that I've introduced, if they have changed somewhat, is because I've tried to make the work in V8 and V9. Whereas yeah. I think the only thing that I have couldn't resist pushing around a little bit when I shouldn't have done is, is probably the payment provider methods. And it was, they just had some inconsistencies in terms of what they accepted in various methods on the payment provider. Whereas yeah. now I've, I've pushed all of those things into a context object, which every method gets the same context object. So, so hopefully that's more adding a bit of consistency in what was a problem previously. So hopefully yeah. that's better anyway. Well, yeah. Win-win. Yeah. And then yeah. the only other the only other news, that, for me anyway, was I got my second COVID jab. So I'm, oh, I'm, all, I'm all jabbed up. 
I, I did too, but I forgot about it. It was, it was I think it was Legion <laughs> and the Fortnite. <laughs> oh, fully vaccinated. Yeah. So, great. We can start yeah. going out to meet up soon. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure if I'm ready. No. I know. <laughs> can I not just do them virtually for a bit longer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'll, that'll, that'll be the introvert in me. Now that we can go yeah. out, oh, I don't want to go out. Yeah, I don't want to go out. No. <laughs> <laughs> right. So today's topic is going to be around sustainability, uh, whether that's open source or, or commercial, either way. Um, but to help us, uh, we've got the myth, the legend, and he was always going to be on here eventually, wasn't he? Uh, it's Lee Keller. Say hello, Lee. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's about time. You're welcome. I know. But we couldn't invite you on too soon. It would have just looked a bit obvious, so. We waited a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I had to get the lead count yeah, yeah. up quite high first. But between us, I think we've um, done quite a few packages, so we should know a thing or two, hopefully, about yeah. making them somewhat sustainable. Um, so I think it'd be quite interesting to see what we've learned over the years. Yeah. So it's obviously a bit of a problem. I think people struggle to to keep packages maintained and and. And going, if you look through the Umbraco package repository, there's probably a lot of things on there now that have just gone by the wayside. People have, have given up on them or even like really good quality packages as well. Um, they've just not had that sustainability or they've not had people keeping going with them. So what is it that makes package development sustainable or what does it take to keep packages going essentially? That's a nice, easy question to start with, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess re- relevance is is a lot to do with it. You know, if, if people find your package um, or functionality that you offer relevant to what they're currently building, that's that, yeah, that's that's what where the value is for for them as using it, and also for you to carry on using it um to build it sorry uh i was just thinking of things like when we had the transition between v7 and v8 things like ditto it just got just just disappeared and it was really popular i mean i, I can't remember how many exact downloads there is but we're talking it's over a hundred thousand downloads from uh NuGet for for ditto i was like where, where have all those users gone what are they doing now i mean i know what i'm doing with you know i'm using models builder but did everyone just do that did we lose relevance? It was, yeah, interesting. Yeah, I, I think that we'll come back to the bit of the theme of kudos and, uh, you know, wanting to feel wanted. <laughs> people, active act, active people asking about it and, and, and saying, oh, I use that package does, does have an effect and does, like, uh, sort of push you on to carry on. Like, we've got to be honest, it's a bit of its ego. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, in, obviously in the, the run up to, to doing this podcast with you guys, I was trying to think of like what what made me do some of the older packages, uh, like U components. Why did I do that for so many years? Because uh, I mean, it was a project that was originally like 10, 10 developers doing, and Shannon um, was the, the kind of the spearhead of it. And I I somehow took over the project, but because it did, it, ego was a massive thing. Um, when everyone's saying I'm installing U components. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. Let's keep it, let's keep it going. When does I wonder when that flips though? Because there's there's the thing of having um, a community and an audience that are really egging you on, and that's great for 
keeping a level of motivation. I, I'd say more so initially in the original development, but at some point, I think quite often it flips to the other and then that becomes pressure rather than motivation. Yeah, yeah, certainly does. Yeah. I, I, I suppose that's sort of, I saw that a bit with sync that I used to fear. I got to a point where I had fear people telling me they used it. <laughs> Because it it was usually yeah. followed up with and it broke something, <laughs> so and, and that 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 was a <laughs> that that certainly does get to a point. But I I don't know it. It depends on how that comes. I, I think we're quite fortunate in Umbraco. You don't get a huge amount of really negative people piling onto a package. Well, I personally haven't had that. I've had the odd one, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a line, isn't it? That can set you back. How if you get one and you just I'm sick of it now and no walk away? I mean, you you mentioned you components there, Lee, and you taking on you components was driven a lot by the community. But I I also know you you got you didn't like the label of Mister You Component by the end of it. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a strange time as well because I know we we you know collectively we don't mention V five, but you components was hitting its prominence in V five because I think it was like whatever version four was up to then four six seven eight or something like that um people were still using v4 all focus from from hq was on v5 and u components was one of these things that was giving extra features where the core of umbraco wasn't adding more features at that point so when obviously v5 got canned u components was in to kind of you know suck up that the vacuum of of functionality um yeah, so it was there. Yeah, there was mounting pressure on me at the time, even though this community was a lot smaller. There's still mounting pressure of uh, of delivering that. And luckily, I, I kind of I put everything in place in terms of you know, um, oh, you know, like the package uh, build process. You know, all the the, the um, continuous integration deployment stuff. Uh, I think we. I can't remember if we were using AppFair then, but I definitely had build scripts to you know I could do a release with a double click. Was pretty much where I got it down to. And if I hadn't had that in place, I probably would have freaked out and stopped a lot sooner. I mean, automation's definitely one of the key things. Whenever I was developing a package, an open source one, the very first thing I did was set up build scripts and automation and automate as much of the delivery as possible because if you're going to have to look after this thing, and it's still true now with Vendor, um, my release cycle for Vendor is I can I can tag my Git repo and that automates the entire deployment so as fast as you can get it to be deployable and releasable then just get rid of as much of that maintenance headache of doing those releases as possible um just helps to streamline that i think yeah absolutely it's quite interesting then that you you had you components and then you've you've been recently working on uh contentment which some might perceive as being quite a similar thing in some way the, the spiritual successor <laughs> yeah i did for 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 there was a, a little period of time where i thought should i bring back the u components brand but then it just got a bit complicated because i wanted more ownership over over contentment what went in it and i think if i brought u components name back it would have been a bit more like this is more community based and complications with with who else owns the name because i didn't come up with the name for u components it was uh, one of the other original guys, which I remember his name, Ronnie, someone. Um, but yeah, yeah. So it is the spiritual successor to you components. I mean, I think it shows a, a clear love for that that concept and the idea that was behind those. Because 
you seem to keep coming back to them. So there's something there that you still like that challenge. So was it was it the maintenance? Was it the the looking after or or why why not you components, but why contentment? If you see what I mean, if yeah, you still yeah. love those concepts, don't you? Yeah, well, as in as in like like lots of property editors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the U components thing was really interesting. Uh, sorry, the contentment thing's really interesting because um, I did a talk at Spark in Bristol last year, um, which was all about sort of entitlement and burnout and kind of trying to be trying to be happy with myself developing these packages, um, which is obviously a play on the word of contentment. Um, but yeah, it, it was it was an interesting interesting time because i didn't really jump into v8 i mean we, we kind of think you've talked on the on the on the show before you've uh, the for package developers going into v8 it was just kind of like landed wasn't it you know of of v, v7 packages didn't automatically work with v8 because of there was api changes some did um but then you know how do you get back into doing uh package development for for v8 so it took me quite a while because I felt a bit of burnout um, to get into doing it. So I just started building up small little editors, just trying to solve some problems that I have for one of my clients. And then it just it just escalated from there. So these small little editors that I was building, I built bigger editors on top. And then it just kind of, I was reusing editors all over the place. So it just became a collection of property editors rather than trying to just do one one thing. I noticed when you started Contentment, you didn't uh, like, immediately release a package so you had the repo for a while didn't you so it was sort of under the radar people knew about it you had to be you had to be in the right the right group to know that you were doing contentment and i i I don't think you did that to generate a buzz was was that part of your sort of protecting yourself from anything a a little bit a little bit i mean I've, i've had this like sort of ideas of of um you know, hiding in plain sight yeah. uh, for quite a while. That that you know, there's 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 a lot of people like saying, "Oh, I don't want to share my source code for things because people someone's just going to steal it and copy the idea." Um, whereas I kind of challenge that and say, "Well, just put it on GitHub, see who notices, and nobody notices." Yeah. So you just kind of <laughs> you just you see, you know, who who does notice this thing? Is it getting any interest? Um, and surprisingly, not many people were that interested, apart from people in the know. Uh, other package developers and and other sort of key people in the community, so you you know it it took a while to to come around to to releasing it. Also, I wanted to be happy with the with the property editors because I was making all sorts of breaking changes. So I didn't want to put a, a market with a V one and say, yeah, this is this is going out, and then oh, next release is a breaking change. I guess another thing on your containment package though was a deliberate choice of of a different kind of license. So ma- the majority of open source projects previously, mostly in the community and by you, me, and, and Kevin, have predominantly been MIT, Yeah. probably copying what Umbraco did at the time. But I know for Contentment, you deliberately chose a different license type. Yeah, yeah. So where that came from was that, I think, for quite a long time, I mean, before my Umbraco life, I'll probably get hated for this but i was doing wordpress stuff so it was um wrote a few wordpress plugins which were all gpl so that's the the kind of thing of that wordpress is gpl licensed which means that that everything that uses it has to be gpl'd um and when you do a, a plugin it's gpl'd if you did anything else it would get frowned upon inside that community um 
So when we came over to, to Umbraco and they were using the MIT license, similar kind of thing of like, why would you use any, any other license? MIT ticks all the boxes. It, it, it's our kind of ethos in the community. Um, but then the interesting part was, is that this was again a U Components thing. When I was starting to freelance at different um, agencies, I would notice that they would they would take the source code of of, of say U Components, make amends and uh, for, you know, make the modifications, and never feed anything back to the main the main um, uh, package. And it would be their thinking would be, oh well, it's, it's nothing to do with that. But I'm still curious of what those changes were because maybe they are useful. Um, so I I wanted to find a license where I would be happier. If people are going to make modifications, that they would have to. Well, if they distribute, I mean, the, the the clause of the license is if they distribute that version, then they need to you know make the source code available. But it shows more my intent that if you're going to mess around with the source code or modify the source code that I've you know freely given away, then I would like to see what you're doing with it. Really, um, I mean, for 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 most of the thing, because I, so I oh, I don't think I've mentioned it. I went with the Mozilla public license version two. Um, I'm thinking if it's good enough for Firefox, it's good enough for for, for this. <laughs> um, no, but on a, on a whole, apart from the if you make modifications, you need to make those you know, publicly available. It's it's pretty much like the MIT license, and, and you know mm. it's, it's permissive. You can do what you want with it. If you wanted to sell it, you can sell it. If you wanted, yeah, you can do you can do what you want with it, really. Um, but there's no there's no warranty or, or limited liability for for me to do things if if it breaks your app. Then I guess that's yeah, yeah. I think I actually went to similar. The Usync Eight is a Mozilla license as well, and I could remember all the details when I when I looked at it. But it's not a million miles away from what you were saying. It's the contributing back changes so that you get something back in there just to see what it happens. Because as you say, it's not a huge difference between MIT and the Mozilla one. It's still an open source license, but yeah, I, I just felt. Uh, maybe the opportunity to say if you're making these changes that they can sort of be fed back in and not go off on a separate thing to be honest though not many people have, i think don't no one's ever done it so i sit and i think i think i don't get that many uh contributions to most of the open source packages that are there yeah yeah i think the the contributions i've had for contentment have been quite limited um i think i scare people at the moment <laughs> all, the, all the project <laughs> setup scares people yeah so it's maybe not not so conventional but it, it's the way i've been working so it's yeah it works for me i think the logical progression um that a lot of package developers i've seen historically is like when when that pressure starts to build of you've got all these packages to maintain but you've still got your day job and everything that you need to be doing the next thing people think is well let's try and commercialize that in some way now between us, I think we've tried a lot of different things. And I know with Contentment, you're currently using GitHub patronage or sponsorship. Yeah. Is that um, affecting or is that making it sustainable? It's it's an interesting one because the, the GitHub sponsors is to do with the developer rather than the project itself, even though there's buttons yeah. all over the, the repo. Um, so yeah, the sponsor people who are sponsoring and thank you sponsors uh that they're sponsoring me uh not the contentment project so that's the, the kind of where the, where the line kind of gets drawn um yeah it is there is a, a bit of confusion I remember when uh matt when we used to do the uh, the umco um yeah. patron of of understanding where that that line of of what people are expecting from from 
sponsoring effectively um are they expecting regular releases are they expecting us to just to to, to jump to their demands you know who who knows <laughs> who knows what what they are expecting it'd be good to have more conversations about about that do you see in your sponsors uh, whether you're getting individual developers sponsoring you or agencies or companies doing it? Um, I think GitHub have only recently allowed organisations to sponsor. Previously, it was individuals, um, but it's all. It, yeah, I mean, I can I can see who who is sponsoring. I think I've got one organisation, and the rest are are individuals. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah, it's kind of. I haven't had a a a, a new sponsor in about six months. So everyone came kind of early when I was pushing it. But in the same respect, I'm not really, to my own detriment, I'm not marketing it all the time because I kind of feel if I'm just, you know, bat on about it on Twitter all the time, well, ah, it's that guy just asking for money, which wasn't really the, the thing. I think it was more to show appreciation for what what people are using. Early on, and you think, and I think version four, I put in a uh, sort of, I can't remember what you called it now. It might have been a, a, a good, voluntary license. Good, goodwill, I remember. Goodwill is Absolutely, what it was. It was yeah. a goodwill license. And that didn't make any money, really. It's insignificant amounts. It was great when people did it, but it was always individuals. It yeah. was never organizations. And it was just like an individual. And I think it was because I think an organization, when you're talking about expectations, I think an agency or any company maybe have to justify a bit more what they're spending and therefore what they're getting for their money. So I think when you just, when and with the using side, it was like you know it makes a little box go away and it makes me feel happy. Yeah, <laughs> individual and develop developers were okay doing, but uh, agencies are like I don't think they could justify basically giving the money away for no return. I I, I wonder. I think I think it's uh, it's whether that's still true. I don't know, but I was just interested whether you saw that split now with GitHub sponsorship because obviously that's much. Yeah, I, up I, there now. I think I think if organisations do the GitHub sponsors, they they they're doing it more from from they they understand the work that goes into to, into doing open source. I think if a if a business wasn't really overly familiar with open source and just using Umbraco and and using plugins, um, they they wouldn't find the value in in doing that. I think yeah. it's. I think it's mostly because, like, I think it's most going to be mostly from other agencies in in Umbraco land who are. Well, who I mean, there is a, there it. is an intrinsic value there. It might be hard to sort of pinpoint it, but it comes down to this. Uh, you know, you're relying on open source packages for your business, and the chance of them just disappearing because the person who's doing them hasn't got the time anymore is always there. But it's very hard to say to an, uh, I suppose, to say to a finance person that that's why you're doing something. Yeah. So I think that's that's why when it's been on the sponsorship side of it, that's I think why I struggled. And I know Umco was. I, I don't know the ins and outs you two obviously do, but that was a huge. Uh, didn't you know you didn't buy a yacht with it, did you? So no. Yeah. I think that's what I, I, I was. I was just going to say in terms of. I guess not asking how much you're getting from the sponsorships, but my guess is that it's not something that's gonna um, allow you to dedicate time to to development, right? Um, yeah, it's 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 not it's it's beer money. That's that's pretty much what yeah. it is. And I do I think this is the the thing that's always been in the back of my head that the reality is Umbraco is not huge like. Especially, it it is big, but if you compare it to things like WordPress and and the communities and view and React, where these types of sponsorships are, are more common, 
then I think the the size of Umbreco potentially doesn't um, allow that to be a successful option for longevity, for sustainability. Now, um, as you mentioned there, me and Lee did Umco a while ago. So that was essentially a collaboration between me and Lee. And I think this was potentially me trying to play in that arena and think, can this work? Me and Lee had got a, a pretty decent reputation by that point on with package development and working together had been quite a nice approach to manage that sustainability. So I think having somebody to help you and, and be together in, in the development is is a really good way of, of trying to keep things sustainable as well, rather than it just being on your own back. But from Umco's perspective, my mindset was if we are perceived as the the great package developers um, in the community, not with putting a, having a big head, but if, if you're perceived that way, then surely you must be the only potential ones that can capitalize on that in a meaningful way. So it was, Umco was, can we try that and see if that becomes sustainable? But I think you'd agree, it, it, it ultimately wasn't sustainable. We had some good um, sponsorships, but it never got to a level where you could say, right, I'm going to dedicate time to these packages. And I think this is what et away us in the end, that it almost felt guilty that you were taking the money but couldn't guarantee it, like couldn't commit to anything, couldn't guarantee anything because you never got to those levels that would allow that. Was that your perspective yeah well yeah yeah it was it was there was nothing there was nothing gonna the, the amount of money coming in was not enough to 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 replace a career or or even as i'm doing running my own sort of small agency um you know because i've got business commitments as well so it's like how can you dedicate time to that if it's not if it's not pulling in at least a day rate which i think maybe maybe it was like a like a kind of a freelancer day rate for the for the month you know so so you know if you are talking about industry industry kind of um costs yeah we could give we could give a day a month to package development which yeah at the time we were doing i don't know a handful of packages so that was that's quite a lot of a lot of work for that yeah yeah i mean the the using one oh, never i can say it never made the total was net for over three or four years the total was less than one using license complete license now so it was a few hundred pounds here and there but as you say you the, the time yumco that was all packages was pretty much you and lee there was a huge amount of packages yeah. you were doing so i suppose if if, if it you, you're right because the umbreco community is not huge and to some extent that's when i struggled with the price which i know i've talked about before about yeah. why how high using can translation manager license costs were in my head everyone else don't think so but and that's because i thought it's such a small area you need you can't say you're going to sell it at 10 pounds a pop because it's just no. not going to sell that many yeah. no there's not what. enough there's not enough people and, no. and this is ultimately why i've gone down commercial package development yeah and and not having any gimmicks my my thing is is it's just not a big enough pond to like try things because I'd, I'd love to do things like pay what you can afford and uh, and various different things but the reality is those models only work with volume and the volume isn't there within the Umbraco community so I'm not saying it's not going to be possible later on and I and I do hope like .NET Core and a new UI that attracts more people could make it a bigger audience to try more things but I feel right now 
uh, us as package developers in the in the ecosystem that is here now, the only thing that I can see that really works for sustainability is commercial packages where you you pay enough that covers the development and ongoing costs of doing that. No gimmicks, no no anything special. Just here's a fee. When we get enough people buying these licenses, it means I can keep working on it. And I know when you were toying around with using complete pricing, we spoke and you were potentially thinking of doing some interesting pricing options. And I think I pretty much said, no, just charge one thing. It's just not enough people. You talked me out of a very complicated pricing model that (laughs) I I thought was cool, but it never happened where everything was individually priced and you bought them as packs. It was going to be amazing. But yeah, no, you're right. I don't think it would have... And actually, the thing that swung it there was support. Because you said, right, if if we'd have picked a smaller part of the using complete lot, let's say, the uh, people bit, which does users and members, if I'd have said, well, in reality, that's a £25, £50 piece of software, it would have still garnered support calls and support and it was easier to just wrap it all into, well, if you book complete, then there's a support behind that. I, I sort of, I do agree with you totally on the commercial thing, obviously going commercial. I still think there's room in my working anyway for the odd little package that doesn't justify itself via costs. So there are still small packages that I do. I haven't com- completely sold out. I still still do the odd open source package. So we've got a couple that support around Translation Manager that just help a bit. But then there's a couple that you just do, and they don't require that much work. So the little stuff, I'm, I'm still happy to say that goes. And then I suppose it comes down to maintenance more than it does development, if I'm honest, because I can commit a couple of days here and there. I can carve out the time to write a package. It's whether or not I can carve out the time to support it. Do you see those as enjoyable things to do that you enjoy? As in, do you do yeah. them for the love of it? Or do you I also do them... see them, though, as marketing? Because I think that's when you're when you're when you've built your reputation as doing all these great packages, you need you've got to try and maintain that, haven't you? So I mean, I know I I consciously went through some of my packages, and not that I'm doing very well at maintaining them, but I chose the ones that I liked and want to keep, and and keep trying to work on them, potentially as that thing of keep my reputation as a as an Umbraco package developer. Yeah, I think some of that might be in there. To be perfectly honest, I got into a bit of a phase, especially with the V8 stuff, of just enjoying hacking it. Yeah. And then I ended up with packages that are the hacky ones. So most of the packages that don't relate for me are the hacks. So the back office themes is just about hacking style sheets into the pipeline of Umbraco. I, and I, I did I did similar with V8. So I yeah. I st- I probably got about 20 packages that i have i have no <laughs> no intention of releasing but i mean it's, it's, some of them aren't polished off or, or things like this but also i think it was the support thing of, of if i release all these i'm just creating a nightmare for myself so yeah so yeah. don't don't do it if it in, matt you were mentioning reputation you know i've got the one package now which is the v8 you know my v8 package which is contentment so it's so that's reputation can be can be put you know put accredited to that um but yeah, yeah but those 20 other packages i think yeah they're, they're very hacky things going on in there um i think yeah i think <laughs> trying to trying to exploit um like signal art things you know it's yeah. uh, stuff like that it was yeah exciting stuff but it's probably not what i'm i get i kind of get this fear that if i if i release a package and i'm sure you guys feel this too is mm-hmm. that that people are going to go 
oh, this must be quality. I must use this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I must use this in production now. <laughs> it's like no, paralyzed by no. your own success. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so you you end up not releasing packages because, yeah, because yeah, of your own success. Oh, I, I, I don't know. I'm not sure I have that quality bar. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I've got I've got one that's been stewing in the background, which was some um, some grid hack, um, yeah. and and I, I'm I'm thinking of releasing it, but but I'm in a we're at a strange point again with V9. Um, yeah. That why would we release a package on V8, even if it was just for a laugh? Why would you Why yeah. would you even do it? Because yeah. you confuse you, you know you confuse him matters because the whole focus is 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 funneling in now for yeah. for V9. Migration. I mean, again, personally, and this, I think I'm in a bit of a different position because me and Matt obviously are running package development companies now. That's yeah. what we do. Uh, I, I am conscious of how much time, uh, sort of how I carve my time up into packages. So obviously, I, I, a bit of it, you see, people say to me, oh, you do, you do loads. But the reality is, is almost everything I do is public. I don't really work for companies behind the scenes. You don't, everything you see is what I do. But uh, I... I'm conscious when I'm doing a new, if it's a package, is have I got the time to do sort of any maintenance or support on it? Is is this is this worth my time? I'm conscious of that now, especially because I think we're feeling the V9 crunch a little yeah. with, the, with, with that going on. Mm. But I have to say, it doesn't stop me hacking about. And no, then... no. I, I always <laughs> think of. Um, I mean, there was there's always been questions about like open source in general. You know, why why does anyone contribute? And I remember um, Ken um, Jacobson on the core team saying um, he likens it to doing like a crossword, you know, I, I he does pull requests instead of crosswords. Um, and I was kind of, you know, I was thinking about myself, you know, I end up doing like jigsaws or Sudoku's in the newspaper. Uh, it's just like a challenge, really. Some, some of these packages mm, yeah. that kind of get, they, they can get born from, from just wanting the challenge and you spend a couple of hours, you know, doing a jigsaw, AKA a, a package or something similar. Um, it's just you know an enjoyable pastime. It's when people use that in production, you go, "Oh, don't do that." It's just, yeah. a, it's just, yeah. it's just a crossword. Um, yeah, I must admit, with vendor, um, it, it's pretty much been taking all my focus at the moment, and for a long, a long time, like all year, I've been focused on its development, which I didn't kind of expect. I thought I would still have time, and potentially in the future, I do think there's possibilities of having time to go back on other <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, but that in itself has has stopped me from working on other ideas. But equally, going back to the what you're saying about V9 and new UI, they they are looming, and I I've had a a close to releasable version of Fluidity for V8 for a long time. But again, it's that thing of my time is completely taken up with vendor at the moment. So why? It, it just doesn't make sense to release it now in a window that ultimately means I've got to rewrite it again really pretty quickly. So it's it's a it's a real shame that we've all got packages that are, <laughs> are, yeah. are sat around that we, we just know we can't commit to supporting right now and make them sustainable. But I do hope that we can. I've, I can get a fluidity out. I, I just think it might have to wait till V9 and possibly new UI. Just because of how much I know I'm going to need to reuse. Yeah, but but even then, you're still talking what over over a year to go, right? You know, until, yeah, until, yeah. so it's still quite a long time. Uh, I think that's those package developers want in the world, isn't it? We complained when they just released V8, and now we're complaining that we've got all this V9 work to do before <laughs> it comes out. But, I mean, I would say 
from from a using and translation manager point of view, I would expect you will get time because it, there's a sort yeah. of product development curve, isn't there? And it's quite intense, and then it drops off a bit afterwards. So translation manager, you always say, is a lot of development up front, and there's now a maintenance phase, and it gives me the spare time now. I the thing is, I am still enjoying it, and it is quite interesting, like thinking of all these other things to build on top. Now, whether these things are uh, sustainable, so I must admit, all the free and open source add-ons that I've created are now like, oh god, I haven't just got to uh, port vendor itself over to V9. I've got vendor checkout, vendor using, vendor deploy, vendor. All <laughs> these free add-ons that I've done have just made a complete rod for my own back as well. But I am enjoying that, and it is quite interesting that there's so many different things that can like be be made around the vendor core so it is quite interesting but i do i do still want to do some other things because i think just focusing purely on on vendor as well is like i've always been a generalist so i like to tinker with a lot of different things like a lot of frameworks i'll do back end front end i like changing quite frequently and then going back when i'm motivated to go back to that thing so i do definitely want to get a fluidity out and I guess one of the, on a similar vein, I've actually I know I've only done one meeting so far, but the the back office <laughs> community team's been quite interesting because it's it's forcing me to to have a look and investigate some new front end technologies, and I think I've kind of missed that for a while of going away and just investigating and playing around with something uh, because my time's purely been focused on vendor. It's just not having it's always been focused on make this thing work using yeah. the knowledge that I've already got and just create something around that. But the back office community team has been quite interesting because it's given me that that I've not had for a while, which is go and experiment in a different area. Um, so it's been nice to have that for sure. Yeah. It's, well, you mentioned you mentioned uh, experimenting, you know, or like learning. I mean, one of the things that I kind of think back to like the earlier, you know, parts of my package development career can we call it that a journey um yeah. it, it's just like the yeah the experimenting the the kind of the fun packages or the the packages that you don't take too seriously i've i've kind of stopped doing that and i don't know whether there is any any room for that anymore um actually, yeah just thinking of like the badly named packages that we, we've had over <laughs> the years yeah all that stuff maybe i think it might be some of that reputation that we've built for ourselves what you said earlier which is you perceive how people perceive you like you're you're trying to guess how people perceive you and you think people see us as producing these great quality packages which we've spent a lot of time and effort and pride in making them that way but it, it it's it's again creating more rods for your own back that you think i, I just want to play with this thing but people are now used to us doing all these things around it and making it perfect well documented giving it its own logo giving it its own brand yeah yeah i, I think uh the it industry is probably it's not an umbraco thing is it i think we've broken the ability to knock stuff like that out because alpha and beta don't mean anything anymore really and i think that means that because i was thinking I, I know there's been discussions sometimes about the umbraco package repository and ways of flagging up packages so obviously everything's in there and it's flat so it can be vendor with all of its documentation and its fancy logos and it can be my you know uh, style a text box property editor and they're next to each other 
and there's no real way of telling the difference. But then you think, is there even a way that would actually people would pay attention to? So you create a package and call it a beta to alpha test package, and it's still going to potentially have people looking out and going, why doesn't it do X, Y, and Z? Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think I still like to play. I just maybe don't push them into packages as much. So maybe that's it. <laughs> yep. Same. Yeah. So do you have any way that you uh, manage support calls? Do you have any policies around when people log issues in GitHub as to what you will and won't do? Or are you in reality a bit like me where the minute someone dares to say that something you've written might not be perfect, (laughs) you drop everything and try and fix it, no matter how much of an edge case it is? Because I'd quite like like not to do that. Um, no, the, the, no, I don't have a policy. I, th- I just, it's, I am winging it. I think it's just don't upset me, and then that's, <laughs> and then I'm kind of, yeah, I'm your best friend. If you, if yeah. you, uh, yeah, if, if somebody says something, kind of, you know, I'm trying to like read. Is, is anyone saying anything negative here? <laughs> you know, yeah. and then if if they're not, I'm like, oh, okay, I'll have to fix it. Um, yeah, I, yeah. So no, no strict policies. Um, I mean, what I what I do try to do, uh, which I'm kind of better at now than I used to be, was is direct channels of communication i try to shut down as quick as i can um emails and twitter dms when people ask me for support on that it's like no go to the forum go to github because if it's not if it's a bug github if it's a support you know go to r um but then you generally find that when when they do email back they go, oh yeah i made a mistake it's me (laughs) yeah okay um yeah no i mean i've i've started uh, it's just the odd little case in the last couple of weeks where I've people have said something hasn't worked. I can't even remember what package it was now. And I, I looked at it, and I did start fixing it, and I think I fixed it. But at the end, I was like, that's such a random edge case. And it might have been a U-Sync thing, and it might be a certain server configuration that really was very, very obscure. And I'm thinking, I fix it. And I've always thought you fix it because maybe another 10 people have the same setup, and yeah, you stop it. But I don't know. I've, I've been fixing them, but I just wondered whether... That was the thing to do. Uh, oh, well, and I, I guess it's it's up to you. It's up to yourself, really, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. I've what I've what I really try to do with with contentment and the, the readme says this. Not that anyone reads the readme, but you know, it, I've got a line in this says I am not your personal support developer. You know, yeah. like I will I will try to to make the you know if there's a bug in the package, there's a bug. We, I'll, let's get it fixed. Um, either you know, you fix it or I fix it. As long as it gets fixed. Uh, but yeah, people who want handholding and things, no, I I try to now steer away from that unless there the you know there was some other kind of um compromise with it because the the thing i was saying before about um you know that don't upset me if if someone comes to me asking you know saying raising a bug or they've got an issue with 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 a package if if i know that person or if i know that they're in the community and they've got you know karma for whatever karma's worth now but if they've got you know some kind of um investment in the community then i'll kind of trade that in to say well yeah i'm gonna help you because you know you you help others so yeah let's um let's you know, let's do that for each other uh but if you're a complete stranger who've, who's never never touched open source before i'm a little bit more hesitant i mean i'll still try my best but i'm a little bit more hesitant to um to drop everything to uh to help them do, do you still support you components you, you what sorry you you you, you yeah <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, are there other packages? I'm sort of thinking of when have you actually formally decided not to? Or? Um, so I mean, so on the on the uh, Umbraco uh, package repository, yeah, there's there's a bunch that we have um, 
we've you know we've shut down so like yeah your components has been retired um yeah because yeah it, it didn't even support v7 uh, mm. but then like nested content got you know retired because that went into core so we didn't really see any point in you know, supporting the package um but things naturally happen like like ditto i mentioned at the beginning of the of the show it was um it was just everyone's dropped it i don't know who's using it i mean it's still getting new get downloads but it's i don't know who's using it no one's asked for any support um so yeah they they naturally kind of just drop off same yeah. with, with stack content i've not had any anyone ask about that since well, I think everyone's still upset with 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 me. I don't want to say Matt, but with me for not porting it uh, to V8. So, yeah, yeah. So things, yeah, things naturally do drop off. Yeah, these major versions are a good a good way to get rid of uh, get the dead. I, I do wonder what that what will happen when it becomes V8, uh, V9, V10, V11, and in theory, there's not that big a difference between them. Yeah. Whether, I mean, I mean, in theory, that you shouldn't need a new package to go from nine to. 10 that's, to 11 no that's that should yeah this should be the the new the new kind of way shouldn't it i think the yeah. the big difference is going to be the the back office um yeah. refresh whatever we want to call this uh, i mean maybe matt i don't know if you've thought about long-term support releases because obviously that's the umbreco going that way and it's existed around for a long time i mean ubuntu is one that's always had long-term support on the os releases yeah. i keep thinking about it but i don't think i've got my brain in a space that would say no. Where we might say version eight point nine of something is a long term support, and then we just carry on, or yeah. are you just evolving? I don't know. I've. It's. I guess this is the difficulty when you start to go commercial that you need to start try and formalize all these things. So, like you're saying there, you can, you can trade in the kudos if you're doing open source, and you can choose like. I don't have to help you essentially when you're doing open source, but when you start selling licenses, it becomes the thing of you've got a responsibility. So you're trying to you're trying to accept everything. I probably use our as a bit of a distraction. If I've got a big thing that I need to think about, it's it's quite often nice just to focus on a small thing really quickly. So yeah. I think that's why I'm I'm probably I don't know if I'm still top of the Karma leaderboard, which oh. is kind of cheating by using <laughs> using the hour forums as the uh, is as our support forums. But yeah, when we did a, a a thing not that long ago of checking what our response times were on there, and I think it's it's like well within a day that we end up finding a response in in on average, because yeah. I'm just I use it too much as a, as a distraction. But from going back to the support side of uh, maintenance long-term support releases potentially but I just don't know how to do it yet the only thing I've got in place with how we build our packages is purely from a licensing perspective that our licenses do allow patch releases on the same minor number so if we ever do need to release security patches for historic versions then we can do that and it's within the limits of the license that they can upgrade to that but how i will practically do that i don't actually know because there's a lot yeah. of minor there's a lot of minor numbers like which minor numbers do i choose to release that on yeah. which i've probably been able to get away with right now because it's been the first year but now we're getting into the realms of licenses are renewing or license like people aren't upgrading but are staying on that license which they're allowed to do our licenses are you're allowed 12 months of upgrades, but at that point you can stay on the version that you're on for as long as you want without needing to pay again. 
you only need to pay if you want to then go up to a new mine, a new major of the of yeah. the product. But if there is something that needs fixing, how do I release that reliably for all the older versions? I haven't nailed that down yet. Like I said, being in the first year, I've kind of got away with it that I can just yeah. keep rolling out updates. But I don't know. I don't know whether you can go down the route of saying if it's not a security and a, like a serious issue, then you recommend that they have to buy an upgrade license and keep going through the upgrades. Um, but if it is a security issue, then hopefully that's not as big a thing to do. Like you yeah. might, I don't know whether you would do it every minor version, but at least maybe a few that you know people are going to hit those marks depending on what license they've got. Maybe you could get away with doing four versions across the year. So somebody I mean, should always fall within them. I don't know. I think ultimately that's the current Umbreco one, isn't it? If if there was yeah. a security patch now, you'd probably get a 7.15. You yeah. might get a 7.6 something because of this fake stop halfway through version 7. But I think they just do the latest of, of, a, of a major, really, that you get to. It's where you stick with. I don't know whether I've got enough structure for it all at the moment. Like, no. We haven't got that many processes in place, which is... Is actually works for us because it means we're adaptable and we can we can be quite rapid in if something comes along or a feature that somebody really needs really quickly. Not that we do this all the time, but if, if we knew it was coming, we can bring it forward a bit mm-hmm. and try and get it done quickly. So not having that process is a benefit in some ways because we can remain adaptable. But by not having those processes we don't have yeah, we don't have those things in place and uh it depends what people want. Agility over stability, I guess. Okay, well, I don't know if we we answered. We possibly asked more questions than we answered. As is our form. Yeah, but yeah. but I think that pretty much covers sustainability, so anybody can knows how to do sustainable packages now. Yeah, done. Yeah, done. Done. Yeah. Dusted. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, I guess all that's left to say is thanks to Lee for joining us. Thank you for having me on the show. Finally! I'm I'm sure we'll have you back again. What? I thought, what? This wasn't in the contract, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome back anytime. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Like, subscribe, and review. Is that what we got to last time? Yeah, review. And yeah. Yeah, paint pictures sponsor of paint pictures. podcasts yeah and yeah. post them on twitter <laughs> yeah. we're gonna have to keep track of these and keep reeling them off every time yeah <laughs> like yeah. subscribe reviews paint pictures yeah yeah, oh, and the, yeah paint, paint the kitchen yeah all right this is going nowhere Too right far. Yeah. bye okay. everyone bye bye Ta-ra. Ta-ra.